Hello, welcome back to another edition of the UK Pick 6 podcast, where once again, well, we can't win any money over the next few weeks, at least until we get to the draft, unless we start some side hustling on the combine that's coming up in a, well, a week or two's time. But we are just Definitely breaking down the, uh, the start of the off-season as uh, free agency is upon us with some wheelings and dealings going on. Um, we're not going to be taking a look ahead to the draft for a fair bit of time yet because there's way too much research that needs to go on that. But myself, Ollie Wilson, Dave Bluck and Jazz Gillum are still going to be sitting around and chatting all things NFL. How are we doing, gentlemen? Very good. How are you? I'm all right. I mean, this is a very slow start for uh, Dave's just sat there on my little Skype screen. <laughs> <Yeah, he's> like, <laughs> That's a tonic there. Uh, well, I was just waiting for you to say something. I mean, you're the one who's off in foreign uh, exotic lands. You know, it is, ex- it is exotic. My life is, 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 my life is kind of, you know, just ticking along nicely. I've been just doing hiding from the sun. Things, but... uh, 27 degrees yesterday. It was pretty warm, pretty toasty. Ooh. Yeah. It's not. It's not bad. That's I had right, the, isn't it? I had that horrible like storms. Put that sun cream on your head. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I bought a, a hat. I've got a hat. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm Ollie not wearing it. A hat. I'm not wearing it he to the office. Hats, yeah. I'm being yeah. a grown up, and I'm not wearing it in the office, which is where I am at the moment. So, apologise if uh, if I go quiet for any. You are wearing a t-shirt in the office. Yeah, um, it's hot though. Not very professional. No, we don't. We're not on camera. Are you work, so. are you wearing shorts or? I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. Flip flops? Uh, yeah. No, last year I turned up in flip flops. Uh. So <laughs> I did wear flip flops last year doing this. So and they and they loved it. Did you get a reprimand for that? No, no, they loved it. <laughs> oh, they okay. were like, "Oh, no, it's flip flops. <laughs> oh, great." I wore, f- but I did wear flip flops with a shirt and jacket and shorts combo, as a as a piss take of somebody else in the office. So everyone was kind of enjoying it. Yeah. Sounds like Pat <laughs> McAfee. That. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. With his jorts. Um. Yeah, but we've got plenty to talk about on the show today. And we're going to dissect uh, our team's uh, mixed to poor seasons, I would say. Yeah, this was pretty horrible. This was your idea, Dave. And initially I was like, oh, that's a fun idea. And then it was like, oh, no, because this is just trudging through. I feel cathartic. I feel cathartic about it in a way, because now I've kind of got it rather than like talking about bits of the Falcons throughout the offseason. I've just got it all out the way in one go. And now I can just move on. You know? I don't think you've moved just... on. I don't think you're going to move oh. on. I think you're going to spend <laughs> you the entire time it. just dwelling on it. I think yeah. this podcast is going to be something you're going to be in a dark see, day, in a really dark room. Me, you just go back you to you, listen through. back to yourself. Oh, I can't believe it happened. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm unzipped. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh. All right, fine. Mark my Love words. <laughs> you heard it here first. So what we're actually getting good. is we're getting Dave's emotional breakdown of the Falcons that he's going to have <laughs> running through his head for the next six to seven months <laughs> in a yeah. podcast yeah. form. So you can hear exactly what's going through Dave's head over the next seven months right mm-hmm. here. You can just listen back to it. And and Jazz obviously like loop. getting some Ryan Shazier love into his Steelers season breakdown, even though the guy didn't play a snap, I mean, in fairness, most, so. of the, uh, most of the season is best forgotten for me. I'm honest. There's very few bright spots, but so the brightest I, spot uh, of the Steelers' season. I mean, that, I mean, it, it, it is like a, obviously a, a great thing that Shazier is up and about and, and walking after such a horrific injury. But you're telling me the best part of the Steelers' season is Ryan Shazier's kind of development back again after the injury, recovery after the injury, rather than anything to do well, with no, the season. It, that's, 
I did say about notable free agents, and he is one. But I think the biggest part of the the biggest positive is the defense and Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. But I will obviously get into that in a bit more detail later. Fair enough, and I'll uh, I'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles playoffs and how they won a Super Bowl two years ago. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, I should probably reference <laughs> that in the show. We'll keep a tally of how many times I reference that in the show. That'd be a good one, yeah. <laughs> Cheers for bringing that up, Jazz. Now you've inspired everything that's going to come. <laughs> there you go. See? Helpful. Uh, Dave's Dave's demo- kind of demoralizing downturn. Ollie's happy about the Super Bowl win two years ago. Am I just, let's forget about it? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've got. <laughs> that's your summary. Let's forget about it. Yep. I'd like that as a, if that was a tagline for the Pittsburgh Steelers or if Tomlin walked into a press conference and he just said, somebody asked him about the 2019 season, he just goes, just, just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, I'm not taking questions that. Should that should be when the Steelers <laughs> are on to hard knocks, that will be... Forget about it. That'll be Mike Tomlin, a poster with Tomlin with the shades on and underneath it just says, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Forget about it. It's funny, isn't it? It's the first year that Steelers have been eligible for hard knocks. Yeah, because they're really bad. Yes, I hope it is hard knocks. Yeah, they seem like the favourites. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to want to do it, but I have a feeling they'll be press ganged into it. I would like to see. I'd be interested to watch that, actually, because I don't usually watch hard knocks. So we get Big Ben's threaten to retire, annual threatening to retire, each week on Hard Knocks, he tells the camera, a different cameraman yeah. every time, I'm out, I'm leaving. I'm that won't be so interesting. <laughs> It'll be really funny. I don't think this is going to happen, but really funny if it did. If the Steelers got the Hard Knocks and somehow Antonio Brown got re-signed. Oi, oi, oi. Let's not go there. Oh, we were, no, we were, were going to have an Antonio Brown free off-season, I thought. I thought that yeah, was the idea. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want anything. It's not going to happen. He's going to be guy. on the radar of everyone. Because he's going to try and yeah. get himself back onto a team. Hey, he's going to be in the, uh, the rap album charts from what I see on his Twitter and stuff like that. But let's leave Antonio <laughs> Brown away from it. And, uh, Did you not see that he came out and said he's apologised to Big Ben publicly on Instagram? I literally couldn't care. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> but it does none of it matters, couldn't, Jazz. Couldn't He'll be care. flaming him next week. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. Hey, you want somebody to forget about stuff. Antonio Brown forgets about like three seconds ago. <laughs> He's like Jack Black in Tropic oh. Thunder when uh, oh. when he like says, your mother's a cankerous whore. Hey, man, do you remember that time way back when I said your mother's a cankerous <laughs> whore? That's Antonio Brown at the moment. He'll slam you and 30 <laughs> seconds later be like, hey, do you remember that ages ago when I was really mean? I'm so sorry, man. I didn't mean it. I love you, John Gruden. Please re-sign me. Uh, on that note, we should probably start. That's a the- good ref from you. <laughs> we, should probably, uh, <laughs> we should probably start the podcast. Uh, enjoy. Let's do it. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. Really put in third and the third and three that the Falcons had, which I only thought was pivotal in the way their <laughs> season went down, you know. So uh, if you just take a look oh. at it here on the replay, the gap on the A gap really <laughs> opens up nicely for them. <laughs> well, it didn't open up nicely. No. All year, actually. There were no A gaps, B gaps, C gaps. 
Well, <coughs> well, what what do yeah. you have for us in terms of your presentation then, Dave, on the uh, on the Falcons season? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I wish you could kind of see my. I've got so many notes here. It's ridiculous. I got carried away basically because you know the Falcons had such a frustrating year. Um, it's a proper season of two halves. You know, we went one and seven in the in the front eight, and then six and two in the back eight. Um, so it's hard to do a post-mortem on a team when you get such crazy kind of mixed results. Um, but I I went all the way back to the first game, watched some of the highlights from some of the games, some of the key games, and all the way back to when we played the Vikings in week one, um, I had a really bad feeling about how the season was going to go already when we had a three and out and then a blocked punt on our first drive of the season. Yeah, um, okay. Sets the tone, doesn't it? Sets the tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit scary. And then we went twenty-eight nil down, um, and then I think it finished twenty-eight fourteen. I haven't put that on my notes, but um, yeah, I think there was some garbage time uh, touchdowns when they probably put some of their backups on. Um, but twenty-eight nil down, the start of the season, it isn't ideal. And then we beat the Eagles in week two. Good for you. Um, I- yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then. And I kind of thought, I was like, well, I'm not impressed at all by either of those performances. But out of, you know, that schedule, that's a baptism of fire. Two really good teams to play against. We've we've gone one and one. Okay, fair enough. Let's see what happens now. And then we lost six in a row. So (laughs) it was pretty awful. And I look back through some of the stats. Um, It was so bad those first uh, eight games uh it was particularly bad the first half of of those games the we got outscored 144 points to 50 in the first half of games <laughs> which is savage That's you can't sad. win like that yeah it's no. not it's not how and you then, start it's how you finish dave isn't it uh, yeah but like if you start really badly expecting <laughs> the offense to come back from that was just so savage um, so yeah, well, we sc- we started slow on offense and defense, and it just killed us in so many games. Mm. And then this is another one. After a turnover in week two against the Eagles, then we didn't get another one until week nine on defense. Ooh. Didn't get another turnover on defense for seven weeks. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a record, to be honest. Yeah, it's not ideal, that is it? No, you got yeah, one against the not- you got one against the Texans on defense, didn't you? Not according to this. That was on PFF. I was shocked by it. It might have been a turnover on special teams, maybe, or oh, something. Okay. Um, but they were saying a turnover on defense. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, overall overall stats, uh, number three ranked passing offense for the season. Um, so we still got, you know, we still got the same weapons. We've got Ridley, we've got Jones, we've got Ryan. The passing game and Hooper's developed this year. We'll get into talking about him as a free agent. The passing game's still there. It hasn't really dropped off. Um, but we're 13 in points per game and then 30 in rushing. 30 out of 32 teams in rushing. That That's really been the killer this season. It just hasn't... They haven't sorted out the offensive line despite drafting twice in the first round for two tackles um, and one of them got injured in game one 
so that's great. Pick number 14, <laughs> injured week one. Um, he did come back and finish the season, actually. But isn't... So um, I'm hoping. And then the... So again. Isn't the running game, that's been a problem. I mean, that isn't just a this year problem, is it? This is a problem since no. the Freeman Coleman Super Bowl run. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily... It's yeah. losing Tevin Coleman that was a big loss that has caused a poor running game. In any way, it's... Uh, no, well, I mean... Well, Freeman... Freeman got injured, and it doesn't seem like he's the same player after that. It was a big injury, missed a season and a half, basically. And it just doesn't seem like he's come back from that. I mean, he's another reason why he's another cautionary tale for signing a big contract with a running back now. You've got him, you've got Le'Veon Bell, you've got Todd Gurley, you've got David Johnson. Zeke Elliott. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... I don't know about Zeke Elliott. I mean, he, he had a little bit of a down year, but... Just wait for Tony Pollard like... to uh, outplay him next year and then we'll see what we have. Yeah, fair enough. You might you, you might be more right next year. But yeah, it's it just hasn't worked out. I think they're going to let go of Freeman. Um, and I think they probably should because it just, just hasn't worked. He doesn't have the explosiveness that he had in that 2016-2017 so season. So you don't put it down to offensive We've... line problems and a lack of gaps then? No, you know what it is? Both, because because you could see Freeman when he when he used to get into tight spaces, he would he would still be able to break to the outside, and he would have the speed and the power, and he he's, he hasn't got either of those. I can't remember the last time he really made somebody miss. Um, and that's a bloody problem. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's not all down to the offensive line, but. It doesn't help. I mean, I think those two things tend to run together. It takes an exceptional back to make up for a bad offensive line, and he he's not an exceptional back anymore. So, so I'm just going to interject and say, there's nothing wrong with the O line or the back in this case. The problem is you didn't have Carl Shanahan calling the plays. That 16-17 season, they had Shanahan running the plays, and you can just see what he's done with Moster and Coleman and Breeder and Wilson to show how good he's been. So you just yeah, don't yeah. need... And I think it's unfair to shift the blame onto the players. And actually, it's the coaching and the scheming that's been the issue there, to be honest. That's why I think the major problem has been. And you've again, looking back at what the 49ers have done, if you put Freeman in that system, Freeman would have made a lot more yards and done far better than than uh, he did in the Falcons as he has done there because he hasn't had the scheming around him. That's the trouble. Well, I think it... it... <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry for this bit. Ollie's currently doing his other job at the same time and he's, uh, he's just this speaking is a bit of this is on live commentary. It's funny listening to him do kind of Argentinian but stuff like go. that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're just doing the sound check. I actually turned my microphone down so you won't have heard any of that. You guys will have heard it on the Skype call, but it won't have actually recorded anyway on the uh, oh, audio oh, track. Right. Well, you can, cut, you can cut out the interlude if you want. No, 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 um, we'll, we'll keep yeah. that. It'll just sound a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go! So I had to keep stopping there because it was, it was really, really, con- it was really, really um, distracting. I was like, I just want to listen to what Ollie's saying in that sort of. <laughs> I was, I was wondering Spanish if you guys would carry on or not. Yeah, doesn't it sound like he's fluent? I, I think that he used up all the words he knows, though. But well, in that little passage, team names, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, um, yeah, Jazz. Getting back to what you're saying, I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of, I think it's that's a, the issue. it's a bit of everything, isn't it? It's a bit of everything. You know, you haven't got as good a play caller. You haven't got a, an offensive line. 
that's good enough. You haven't got a running back that's making people miss yep. or is powerful enough or who has burst of speeds. It, it's, you know, it's all there. I think you're quite right to Mito Smith and to kind bad, of but I think rewind it. I think fundamentally comes back down to the coaching. I think that sometimes you can get coaches that make parts of their team far better than the sum of their parts themselves individually and they get the most out of the talent they have. Ito Smith uh-huh. isn't a great running back, though, Jazz. I mean, Ito, oh, no, Ito, I'm saying he is. Ito Smith is like a is a fine, solid backup. It wouldn't. I don't think yeah. he's ever going to be a starter. I mean, um, you know, you talk about like Tony Pollard, obviously in Dallas, 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 and everything. Dallas. <laughs> is he in Dallas? Dallas. In Dallas. It sounds like yeah. uh, what's his face, Scourge from Thor Ragnarok. I got this from Texas. That's what it sounds like. You saying the Dallas? Um, and, so glad and, I said that now. And Pollard maybe has a well, definitely has a much better offensive line in front of him, which is why he looks good. But there, are, there are so many running backs. That I think you know backups in general, like Matson, obviously was okay at the Vikings, but I don't think he'll any, be anything more than a backup. And Ito Smith is similar. Uh, you can say like, oh, Ito Smith looked good, but I mean, he didn't look good as in a starting running back. He looked good as in a guy who's able to carry the ball in the NFL at a competent level. It, it's yeah. it, the the backfield for for Atlanta still should if he stays run through Freeman I, I've still got faith in Freeman I think it's just a scheme and an offensive line that needs to be bolstered and actually find some real quality on it and there are a few but he, the, older but there, free but, agents but, but there, were, there were plays though Ollie when he he had gaps and he didn't exploit them and that is down to the player I think both of you are letting him off the hook but isn't that? I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to say that... that it's not just down to him too. But I just think that it's it's fundamentally, if you look back at the very start and look at the top of the tree, the coaching has been a problem for the offense ever since Shanahan left, because Steve mm-hmm. Sarkeesian's been useless. Well, he he wasn't here this year. No, though, I know, he? but the, the two years he was there, he was useless. Yeah, you and wouldn't have like Shanahan back though, around would you? Completely since then. You wouldn't have Shanahan back. Say, though. Ollie? The worst, no, you wouldn't, because you just worst Super Bowl coach that you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> the guys are, should the, we get him, get him back, get him back to get us to the Super Bowl, and then fire him the, the, uh, the day before? <laughs> yeah, you got two weeks in the second half. That's the answer. Just no running the ball in the second half. Just throw it because you know that's not risky at all. Soon, as soon as the <laughs> NFC Championship is done with, and he's got you into the Super Bowl, you sack his ass. You bring in somebody new. You've got two weeks to install a decent scheme that'll win a Super Bowl. Carl Shanahan, come home and then sod off again. <laughs> so horrible. Sorry, oh, I hate even thinking about it. Sorry, I've been waiting. Do you want some more? Do you want some more stats, Jazz? I want mine to positify you. We always like stats. Uh, I'll I'll go through some more negatives. I've I have actually got some positives about the Falcons. Yeah, I, I would would like to go but, to the uh, positives at some point. Uh, 29th in sacks mm. for the year. I mean, that's a problem. Tragic, really. Um, it's not just about sacks, though. 15th. It's about getting to the QB. Have you got anything on how many times they actually were able on to pressures. rush? Yeah, and pressure a QB. I mean, I, I don't recall I them actually to... being a great pass rush side in general. So I'm not saying it's going to be a completely no. different. But I'm just saying sacks can can miscue things slightly. Speaking of sacks, they can. You know but if you a one season wonder. Vic Beasley. Yes, yeah. I've got I've got a uh, I've got a big section about Beasley That's and good. I've just got I've got at the bottom jazz in capitals bye bye Beasley. You buy so, him? No. Buy as in. Oh, bye bye. See you later Beasley. Yeah, Get on the bus and go somewhere else. Maybe to Pittsburgh, I don't know. Definitely not. 
wouldn't fit the scheme <laughs> and he's not productive you don't. enough. They don't buy stupid free You don't agents. need him. No, it's so disappointing. Yeah, so he had 15 and a half sacks in 2016. And then over the last three years since then, um, 18 sacks in total. And he's it's not, you, you're just talking about stats can be misleading, Ollie, but he if he's not getting sacks, then he is Offering basically nothing. useless because yeah. he he's not a run he, he's he's one of the one of the worst players in the league uh for holding outside contain and he literally breaks down all the time he misses tackles and then and it's so easy it happens all the time where the we're so easy to run on and you they just break players just break to the outside and they're getting 8 10 yards and it's just it just happened time and time again this season. So I really I'm hoping that he's gone. That's one of the big changes I want to make. Um in terms of positives, Ollie, uh Grady Jarrett was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was good. First year he got all pro, which is nice to see. And he's only twenty six and we got him on a four year extension. So that's really good. Um, I thought Tack McKinley was quite good too. Uh, he's really like random, so he'll have one game, one good game, and then one bad game, right. and then one good game, and then one bad game. And he was injured as well, okay. um, some of last season, and then a bit of this season as well. So it's kind of a wait and see on him. But I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't put him, him down as a negative. Um, and I think. You know, I'm kind of sick of all the chatter. Like, I think I've I've said to you guys before about the Falcons' social media and how a lot of people on there, when the Falcons lose, they call for Ryan's head. Yeah. And they think that Matt Ryan's the problem. And I'm just so sick of it. So one of my big positives is that I think Matt Ryan is still an elite quarterback. And well, I think bold. that he... Yeah. I, is it? I, I don't think, think it is at all. It's, it's top, top twelve, maybe. Top twelve, maybe. I, so you're saying nah, he's he's maybe top twelve. Over Kirk Cousins. That's that's poor jazz. That's ludicrous. I think he's been. I think he's been basically great every year. He's consistently let down by everything else that's around him. I agree. He's let whether it's around things around him, whether it's coaching, whether it's running game. The only real Drops. consistent is that he can hit Julio Jones. I mean, Calvin Ridley is not the finished article yet, although there are signs that he could one day be a finished article as an excellent receiver. Yeah. But in general, that's kind of all Matt Ryan's got without much protection in this year. I mean, his his time in the pocket was so minimal whenever I watched the Falcons. Like, he barely finishes drop back before he's got somebody around his ankles or something. And yet he's still able to throw over 4,000 yards, what, over 25 touchdowns, was it, this year? Um, yeah. And He had a few more inceptions. Um, but that's, ha- that's what happens when you does. get rushed and when, but again, and when you have guys that is, aren't yeah. making plays. So. Yeah, and when they know that you're, you've got one of the worst rushing attacks in the league, you're going to have to pass it. So defences know that and they can scheme against it. I'm in, I, I would genuinely put... I mean, everybody says Philip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? I mean, that's been a consistent... Apart from last season, yeah. But I would put Matt Ryan up at the same level as a Philip Rivers. Quite, yeah, quite I think comfortably. he's going to have... He might, 
he might end up having a very similar career as Rivers. As consistently great and never quite there. And he, he doesn't get at the ring, yeah. Um, at least he's been to the big game, though, you know, unlike Philly. Yeah. Philly yeah, beat Philip, true. not Philadelphia, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they made it to the big game and won it, didn't they? Yeah. As we always remember, Ollie. I just wouldn't mind, <laughs> wouldn't mind referencing that in the show at least once every single time we record, to be honest. So. <laughs> it's going to be a long so, 18 years of clinging on to glory. Uh, yeah, go on. Sorry, Dave. I just... Uh, Maybe longer. Yeah, the last the last negative that I've got is that I think, and that I think this is one of the worst feelings as a fan is I think that we've got a bit of a soft team on defence and that is a really hard pill to swallow. It will help if we get Keanu Neal back because he is... I like him. He's seriously hard-hitting, but he's torn his Achilles this year and he was out for nearly the whole season last year as well. So who knows if he's going to recover from that. But it feels Dion soft, Jones you know. Well. It just, it just, it just feels like you can move the, you can move the ball on them so easily, mm. and I just, it's just really, really disappointing, you know. Dan Quinn, I found out after the season finished that Dan Quinn was, uh, he was calling the plays for the defense. He basically took over the defense at the beginning of the year because they were so bad last year, and then at the halfway point, he actually turned over play calling duties to the linebackers coach. And then the defense was better in the back eight, way better in the back eight. And that makes you think, like, what is Dan Quinn offering us? He is a defensive coach. Yeah. He's supposed to be delivering on that side of the ball. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know. Does in a way, I was talent? kind of really... Does he have the talent in the squad, in the roster? Well, that's it. I mean, some of it's got to come come down to the GM as well, yeah. Dimitrov. Um I think that's fair. You know, I think there's been a lot of misses in the last few drafts. Because it is um, a lottery. So. You never know what you're going to get. It is, yeah. It's it's really difficult. It's really difficult. But, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing season. I think there's... We've still got a lot of stars on both sides of the ball, though. So we could, you know, mm. we could compete in the South next year. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I, I the Falcons could go... Nine and seven. Well, you are eight and eight, or they could go twelve and four. I don't know. You are. You, <laughs> it's like you are lucky. So that frustrating. In the south now, you've got the Panthers that are probably. I would expect they're on rebuilds. Yeah, without Cam Newton, and they're rebuilding. They at least have Christian McCaffrey, time, which yeah. still makes them dangerous. Uh, the Saints. I mean, Drew Brees just committed to the Saints for another year. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't buy. I'm falling out of love with Drew Brees. I think he's lingering a little too long, and I think that. You know, if he didn't have Michael Thomas, there'd be no reason for him to stick around. And and I think the Saints, perhaps, you know, Alvin Kamara had a bit of a down year as well this year to an extent. So yeah. they're, they're still probably the best team in the division. But I Without think question. Yeah, they're a team that definitely, can be pushed yeah. with question marks around them. So, I, and then I, it, what, who Tampa knows Bay what Buccaneers, you're going to get from you? Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, do who, yeah, they, they, who do they get as a QB? That's the question. If they get a QB that doesn't throw no thirty picks. They never. They might be forced to reckon with because they're deep played pretty well, and they've got enough weapons around on the offense to really make a difference. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but at the same time, if they haven't got the right guy pulling the strings, I mean, there's a chance now for Bruce Arians to get the right guy in. But if they don't have the right guy in, and if uh, I, I don't see it happening, but what if Winston is there again? But either way. Um, uh, the South is is not as strong <laughs> yeah. as it was. It, or when we were looking, when you look at it, maybe like two three years ago, it, it isn't as strong as it was. So Atlanta can can certainly fight in it. That could help us. Yeah, 
Well, uh, we'll see. But, um, the only thing, other thing I've put down here is, uh, and uh, it'd be interesting to get your guys' takes on your own teams on this, is uh, best and worst game of the season. So our best game of the season uh, was our win of the Saints. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, 26-9. to nine. Yeah. And we completely controlled the game from beginning to end. In New Orleans as well. It was the best performance. Well. Yep. yep. It was the best performance on defense all year and one of the best in the last few years, I'd say, as well. And I think that that is really just what I want to see because we get we get offensive, great offensive performances every other game with the Falcons. It's not surprising. Yep. But it's the defense's performances that I want to see. So that's the note that I would want to leave it. If we can... There are performances in there with that defense, but they just don't... They come out like once every five games or something and it's not good enough. Just and then the worst game... The that's what it is. You saved the well, coach. So we like Dan. We want to keep him. Yeah, I mean, it's Not positive win, that he didn't lose. He didn't lose the locker room even when he was at one and seven. So you know that is positive. But then they came um, out and played for him. But, then why aren't you playing for him from week one? It's just that I, I've said it before to you personally, privately, and also yeah. on this show. I think it's a complete travesty that these players only showed up when the coach's job was on the line because they didn't want to let him down. Well, don't let him down from week one. Yeah. Don't don't go twenty eight nil down to the Vikings in the first game. Yeah, that was probably that was the worst game for me. Was the first game. Um, there was another really bad loss against the Rams, which was thirty seven ten, which was toothless. I'd say pretty it was fish, just fish delicious that one, wasn't it? It was just yeah, pathetic. And you know we all know that the Rams weren't world beaters this year, and we made them look really really good. We made them look like the Rams last year. Yeah. Um, so that was that was that was a pretty bad game as well. Um, in a bunch of bad games. But yeah, that's enough about the Falcons. Fair. What you what you got to say for yourself then, Jazzy? So unfortunately, I my yeah, I did delete all my notes on this before we started. But thankfully, hopefully, I can remember quite a few of the things. So of course, I support the Steelers, and they went eight and eight. Which actually, from the point of view of when we started off the year losing Big Ben in week two, I'm actually quite happy we made managed to get two eight and eight. I think that's quite respectable. And the fact we yep. almost made the playoffs, I mean, again, me with it almost, um, is a testament to I think Mike Tomlin and his ability to get more out of the squad than he did. So he had done in the past few years, possibly. In terms of stats, offensively, we were pretty dire. There wasn't a hundred. Sorry, it wasn't a thousand yard rusher or receiver. James Conner got the closest to a thousand. Well, got closest. He got four hundred and something yards, I think it was, on the ground. And Benny Snell was second with something similar. Receiving, James Washington led the led the, uh, the league led the team in receiving yards, and Deontay Johnson led him in reception. So it's good to see two younger receivers do something because Juju got injured. But the fact that we had to rely upon Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges for so many weeks was just the the problem because offensively we had nothing. I mean, you had um, Mason Rudolph, just the check down king. I think that if I remember on my stats, I checked this morning, in the top six receivers on the team, James Conner and Jalen Samuels were in the top six because of the dump-offs from Mason Rudolph. 
Yeah. I remember one week where playing fantasy, they both managed to score 24 points because they both got 10 receptions or something stupid like that in the same game. All from Mason <laughs> Rudolph. Yeah, you, Jaylen, you just dunked Jaylen the ball Samuels down five was, yards. Jalen Samuels was second in receptions for the Steelers on the year. There you go. Wow. And DeAndre Johnson was crazy. the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I like that he came along and, and started to show a bit of promise. It's good to have a, a good athletic receiver, which seems to be more dependable than James Washington was. Because although he led the team in yards, he yeah. got quite a few on just a couple of games. I was going to say, Jazz, is it? Do you feel that you can, with the poor quarterback play, do you feel that you can now evaluate Washington, or is it still too soon? Because he was supposed to be, you know, maybe have a breakout year this year. Yeah, I thought he was going to have a really good one. I thought, given yeah. that Juju would take up a little bit more of the coverage, he'd be very good. Yeah, I just yeah. thought the year, the year before, even maybe when uh, AB was there, he might be decent as a wide receiver three, but he didn't do anything really. Unfortunately, he's been very inconsistent. He's got the ability and he's got the, the the raw talent there, but it just seems to be honing it and understanding where he needs to be. And also sometimes his hands look unbelievable. Sometimes his hands look a bit questionable. It's the history we've had. There's not the drive finishing ability from him with only three touchdowns on the year. But you wouldn't... A 23-year-old wide receiver who is getting basically into a proper starting role as one of the two wide outs, main wide outs for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time ever, getting 735 yards and 44 receptions. I, I don't think you can be... I think you're kind of downplaying, actually, a season for a, an excellent young wide receiver rather than... Mm, and, I'm not, so, and I'm not so sure. And who's let down by the fact that excellent. he's had two duff quarterbacks. He doesn't know what he's talking about. What have it, we seen? What have we seen that's excellent from him? I haven't seen anything excellent. As in him. for a, no, as in for a, that age to be able to put up those sorts of numbers is a pretty darn good year still. Particularly when it's your first time being involved as one of the key members of the starting offense, as opposed to being the third guy, the guy coming out of the slot. It was outplayed yeah, by okay. Deontay Johnson all year, who was supposed to be the third guy coming out of the slot. There's a reason why he has more more receptions. There's a reason why he was trusted more. And the thing with the thing with James Washington, he kind of fits in with uh, the history we've had a little bit in the Steelers the last few years of big play receivers who have all the talent and can't always produce. Sammy Coates has been my favourite example of that. Who's doing? I don't know how he's doing the XFL at the minute, um, but he had a couple of games. Sammy Coates, where he, I think he had 200 yards, but it was two receptions for 80, wherever it was, because he just was fast, but he just couldn't catch the ball well enough. That was the trouble. I think that James Washington doesn't fall into that category because sometimes he makes very good catches, but he doesn't seem to be able to get enough separation consistently enough to be called, in my opinion, an excellent receiver. I think Deontay Johnson's much better. So when Juju's back next year, Deontay Johnson is without question the wide receiver two, and James Washington will be wide receiver three. That's what will happen. And I like that because Juju's very good. I think Deontay Johnson has the ability and promise to do much more than he did this year. Another year in the system, hopefully the better quarterback will make a big difference to him. Johnson and Juju uh, get around about 60% of their catches uh, when targeted. James Washington uh, still on 55% of uh, receptions of when he's targeted. So there's not that much of a difference, particularly when you look at things like yards per game as well between Washington and Johnson. I completely understand what you're saying, but I just think you're being a little hard on a uh, on a young receiver, and you've actually got three very good young, young receivers there to... If you had a good young quarterback in in Pittsburgh, you'd actually think, well, the future's looking really bright for an aerial attack. Yeah. But, 
but the O-line is really good too. The O-line is still very good doing its job and James Conner is was unfortunately be injured this year. He had a lot of injuries this year which really derailed the offense. However, for just quickly going to the worst game of the season, like you Dave, my worst game of the season was week one where we got trounced by the Patriots. Um, which really set the tone oh, again for the whole season. I with, forgot about that. That was yeah, awful. it was an offensive ineptitude with Big Ben there, and they just ran riot all over our defense. Of course, that was prior to the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, which turned out to be an absolute blinder. He, Is your defense as good as people are saying? For somebody who's obviously watched, you know, a lot of All it. So I games. think they are actually really quite good. So the, the only issue I'd say is that still at corner we could do with an extra little bit of an upgrade. Joe Hayden is good, but he's getting old. I can't remember who's playing on the side, but Artie Burns, who they drafted in the first round a few years ago, hasn't really lit up the billing. The guy from The Simpsons. Minka Fitzpatrick has been very good. Devin Bush has been very good. He led the team in tackles. So it's good to see that the pick they choose, uh, the player they picked in the first round to try and be the anchor in the defense to replace Shazir has done his job quite well. Um, and from a rushing point of view, TJ Watt obviously emerged as being very good last year, but he got even better the year just gone. Oh, yeah. So he's that's been a really good bright spot. He's probably the first player outside linebacker that's looked like he could replace Harrison or Woodley. Because since Harrison yeah. or Woodley left, that tandem left, we've been just searching and searching and searching for that combination well, of get... star player. I thought he'd get defensive player of the year. So did I. So um, I was I was a bit surprised at that. Yeah, well, but, it, was um, that, it was going to be him, Chandler Jones or Stefan Gilmore, wasn't it? I'm not sure if Gilmore deserved it more than the other two, but I think it was kind of a, a whisker between all three of them. So it, Yeah, no, nobody nobody stood out, did they? That it wasn't was the like thing. Donald or anything. Just like with the uh, the Super Bowl, there's no clear, obvious choice for MVP was the trouble. Um, but the thing, with, again, with that, Bud Dupree showed up a bit more this year and played really well. But I think from a standpoint of looking at his, his contract year, is he just doing an album mm-hmm. Hainsworth, trying to play really, really well when he needs to get paid, or just before he gets paid, then I don't think the Steelers are going to re-sign him, so someone's going to pay him a lot of money, and I'm not convinced he's going to be able to keep that going, personally. Okay. And it's again, coming back to that, he's another one of the first-round picks we've had in the past few years, just like Jarvis Jones was, who just hasn't really been able to create the disruption that's required from that spot. Although he Do had a very think... good season last season. He did. I can't deny that. Do you think... Do you think, Jazz, that in a funny kind of way, you you know, you opened up talking about Tomlin, um, yep. and that an eight and eight season kind of seemed like a a, a reasonable result for for what happened with injuries to Ben and to Juju and yep. how the division was, etc. Um, do you think that in my head, I don't know if this is a, what you guys think, but. Tomlin's stock is actually higher after an eight and eight season than before, in a way. Yep, it's weird because it seemed like he kept the the team, the ship afloat when it was all kind of kind of going wrong around him. He is actually a cool head and seemed to steer them through a lot of nonsense. Yep, I agree with that. I think that you can definitely level the argument at Tomlin that some years he's not been able to get out the most out of the team he's had. So if you have the had Bell, Brown and Juju together with Big Ben. Yeah. You've got to argue that there's a lot of talent there that should be able to produce quite a lot. The trouble is, of course, they've come up against the buzzsaw that is the Pats every year and the Pats have seemed to be able to just take over the Steelers mentally probably more than anything else. But several games with the Pats, it just came down to Brady and Gronk. So any team's going to come down to that combination mm-hmm. as it has done many, many times. So I don't think it's fair some of the criticism that gets levelled at him. 
he always comes across as quite serious, but I, I like the fact that he seems to motivate and the players seem to play for him, which is the most important thing. You could really see that this year. So I think you've completely right. His stock is much higher after a poorer season. It's a weird one, isn't record it? Record point of view, but a better season in terms of seeing what he's able to do with the players he had at his disposal. But yeah, I do think and that your defence. I was just going to say, and your defense has emerged as you know, Being very good. top three, top three defense. Yeah, if they can keep that going, and you get Big Ben back, you get Juju back, you get Connor back. You know, you, hopefully there's some good. It's exciting, good isn't it? There's a there. lot of positives, yeah. isn't it? It's just it comes back to the QB thing. Is was Ben Ben's injury obviously was an issue, but in week one he wasn't injured, I don't believe, and he was stinking the place up. So is that a case of yeah. he's off the cliff like Eli and Phil? It's hard to say. And there's the whole thing of, you know, Roethlisberger's been rumoured to be kind of ready for retirement for however long now. Um, what was it yeah. last? Was it yeah, last yeah, off season it. where he kind of basically flitted with the idea that he was actually going to be splitting uh, and retiring at the end of the year? He's just or trying to do a Brett Favre, I think. Maybe, but it, it's not. I think he's been saying that for more years. I think it's like, like three, three or, or four, four years he's been talking about. It's not. Ideal anyway, though, to just have that level of potential insecurity around the yeah. key position in your in your franchise, particularly when everything else is set up for a good QB to be able to come in and 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 do quite well in that Pittsburgh team. So, absolutely, and it's got all the weapons and the, again the coaching staff and the head coach itself and the ownership coming from the ownership itself. It's very stable and the stability that you need to have in yeah. teams and not being a knee-jerk reaction team as you see so many. That, how many franchises are crap? And you just think, well, they've changed the head coach four times in four years. There's a reason why they're crap. They're not allowing yeah. people to have a chance to try and create a culture. Because if you don't create a culture, you'll never have the atmosphere and the ability to create and to bring the players in that you need to have. And the players you do have, if they have the wrong culture, will never perform as they should do. That's the problem. And that has to come from the very top. It has to come from the ownership to the GM, to the head coach, to the mm-hmm. players. But the owner sets the tone of the culture, which is why, completely off the topic, I really like the Panthers owner, uh, Tepper, because he seems to understand that. Having come from the Steelers organization, he can see the importance of having that culture from the top filter down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so one of my biggest positives of the year as well was just the Minka Fitzpatrick trade because he did completely revitalize that defense to a point where it's, it was night and day from before him to him. And he managed to lead the team with Joe Hayden with five interceptions. And got what did you give up for him, Jazz? Was it was it a first and a second? Uh, ooh, now you're asking me. It's definitely a first. Yeah. I can't remember if there's something else on it too. Off the top of my the, head. Only, the only thing... The only thing about it, obviously a really, really good trade that seems like it's worked out. The only thing is, is that it would be nice for you to go out and draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, and but we would never. You have got haven't one got a first point. round to do it. That the, the the position we're in, we wouldn't have got to. Uh, we would not have got Burrow. I don't think we'd have got Justin Herbert either. So in that sense, I think it would have been eighteen. So at eighteen, you'd then have to trade up anyway. And. The argument then would also be that if we hadn't got Minka Fitzpatrick, we might have been in a much worse position in terms of drafting, or sorry, better position in terms of drafting up, up yeah. higher up. Yeah. But I'd rather have a player that they think they can get more out of because the reports, the reason why they traded for him was because prior to the draft that he was in, he was mm-hmm. really high on their board and they really wanted him. And so if the player like that's available that you really wanted, you would always try and go get him. I agree. It's just the it's just the knock on effect. You know, if Big Ben, it seems that Big Ben's going to come back for another year. Yeah. Um, 
then it's probably going to be his last year, whether he's shot or whether he actually wants to retire. Yeah. You know, then next year you're going to have to go after a quarterback then. But you're, I would have thought, you know, if things work out, your record's going to be better than eight and eight. You should have ambitions, you know, to be a 10 plus win team again. Well, the nice the then nice your thing draft is, position's going to be crap, isn't it? The nice so thing is, though, I just think it's hard for the future, isn't it? If, if Ben plays next year and has a really good season and the Steelers have a great year, then there's maybe a chance that he's like, okay, one more ride kind of thing. So, yeah. Rothis. What, and we do two years, yeah. Yeah, Rothisberger could still play till he's 39, as Breeze and Brady and others have done. Um, so, yeah. you would still think there's a little bit left if you can just, you know, run on fumes a bit with Ben Rothisberger for two years. So, if he does, has a great year, then that's great. And if he has a crap year, then the it's going to be a pretty poor, a uh, pretty solid draft pick that you'll be able to get anyway, and you'll have a first round pick for the 2021 draft. No, but you're losing you that because up. of. But you're losing that because of the Minka trade, is what I mean. No, that was the first round pick. That was the 2020 pick. Yeah. Oh, it was the 2020. This is this year's draft. So this year's draft, we haven't got a first round. That's why I was saying Tua and uh, Burrow and Justin Herbert, because those are the players that would be on the board. Well, not on the board. I see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So actually, when it comes to the crunch time, there might still be moves. Yeah. I see what you mean, Ollie. Yeah. What what was the what was the best game of the year, Jazz? I I was really looking hard at the schedule and what happened. I have to say that only, to be honest with you, there was no really good game of the year. To be quite frank, there really wasn't. <laughs> Savage. The best game I could think of was probably beating the Rams in Week Ten. Okay. Seventeen twelve, I think it was. That's the only game I could see where we played an opposition that was decent, and we beat them. Did you did you score more than thirty points in a game? Oh no. no, you're asking. I would have no, to they didn't. check the things. I didn't. Okay, because yeah, no. it doesn't did. doesn't feel like it when I was just like thinking. Then you twice got 27 yeah, so points against the Bengals and the Dolphins, i.e., the busts of the league. Um, yeah. But aside from yeah. that, oh, you got 26 points in that loss to the Seahawks in week two. But yeah, interestingly, okay. the um, I think if you look at the average points scored per game and points allowed per game, I think we scored 18.1 on average and let. The other team score eighteen point nine on average, so wow. it's pretty even. That's pretty eight and eight, to be honest. But that's a, you know that's a uh, kudos to your defense, isn't it? Yeah. Can, How are they managed to keep, keep that teams going? under? I really don't know. Keep keep teams under twenty. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. it helps. It helps if you can score more than twenty, doesn't it? Usually, a good side <laughs> point. I know, but yeah, I mean, I I hope next year you will be able to. It should be it should be back on track with that. You'd really hope so. The other thing I did for my th- breakdown was also looking at um, notable free agents. So I've already mentioned Bud Dupree. He's a free agent. I've already said yeah. my piece on him. Javon Hargrave, the D-tackle, is a free agent. I really like him and really hope that the Steelers re-sign him because I think he plays a very vital role in the uh, the middle of our D-line. Mm-hmm. Artie Burns, I've also mentioned him. He was a corner from a few years ago this first rounder. He's an, a free agent this year. I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he's been quite good enough and not really shown enough promise. And the other really notable free agent is Ryan Shazier. So it seems that I'm oh. sure the Seals try and find him a position in the team or the coaching or something. The I'm coaching sure they'll do something stuff, for yeah, yeah. They should. Could be a, a linebacker's coach or something. Something like that. But I think that it's a shame we look back at the injury that's robbed him of his career. But the inspiration that comes from just watching him walking again and all that sort of stuff is just, yeah, phenomenal. So I hope the Steelers keep him in some capacity. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make him an offer. It's just whether he wants to go and do his own thing. I think. 
Aguilar. Aguilar. Yeah, well, at least uh, someone was making catches, unlike Aguilar. Uh, what about the breakdown of the record then? Um, look, it was just fighting. It was just an absolute scrap the whole season for Philadelphia. So barely got above, uh, you know, plus one in the win column compared to losses most of the year. <laughs> barely sank below minus two in terms of uh, losses outweighing wins. So was a very much much like Jazz is talking about a nine and an eight and eight season for the Steelers. This was very much a nine and seven for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and it's just really lucky that they're in the NFC East because everybody else is freaking terrible as well. So, yeah, I'll take that every day of the week. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a bad season through the air when you consider everything. Look, it's not beat around the bush. The whole thing's come comes down to the fact that no one could stay healthy. I've, I'm only what three, four episodes into Hard Knocks, and uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the whole I'm thing is in. just look who's back on the injury list again, and it's just another laundry list of players. So the fact that Carson Wentz is able to throw for four thousand yards to a cluster of receivers, a ragtag bunch, and I felt like they were bringing people yeah. off the freaking street to trying to play. I mean, uh. Josh McCown lined up was yeah. going to line up at slot receiver for a play towards the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh, farcical. I, I think though, considering considering all that all of that that happened though, Ollie, I I think I don't know your tone on. You've been far from convinced by Wentz, even despite all of what I see as kind of heroics, especially in the in the latter part of the season. Is that fair? Uh, or no, I'm just you... I'm just a paranoid skeptic, like all good sports fans are. <laughs> um, so when it comes to Carson Wentz, I mean there have been a number of games and times when I've seen him kind of you know throwing unnecessarily off his back foot. There's a the game that we blew against the Panthers last not last season but the season before, um, kind of where we we allowed a fourth quarter lead to of what twenty odd points to just slip away, and Wentz made some really really poor throws in that game towards the end when he was in the pocket and feeling a bit of pressure and got a bit jumpy. And I've always been worried since the since the injury in the Super Bowl winning year, uh, two references for that year now, um, that that he wouldn't come <laughs> back and get one in two. <laughs> and be be as effective as as he was when he was. I mean, he was the MVP that year. If he hadn't got injured, he was nailed on to be the MVP. And, and it's, yeah, there is it a worry was, uh, that it was nuts that you'd never see the best of him. So every time he does make mistakes, then you're like, oh god, is this Carson Wentz? It's all going to come crashing around, and the fears are back, and oh, we're going to end up like Kevin Kolb's in again. I mean, the fact that Kevin Kolb didn't have a career was mainly because <laughs> they dragged a, a guy who'd been arrested for <coughs> dogfighting off the street to come in and play quarterback many years ago. So I mean, th- there's been some pretty poor QBs since the kind of McNabb era finished that have flirted around Philadelphia, and you just worry that Carson. Sam Bradford. With the injury, yeah, exactly. You just worry that Carson, with that injury, was never going to be back into what he was. But some of the things that he did and the relationship he was able to create with some of those receivers towards the end of the year was absolutely exceptional. Um, Particularly in those last few games against the Giants and against the Dallas Cowboys as well, in those must-win games. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm already getting onto the positives here. The positives would be Carson Wentz does still look the real deal. Um, Boston Scott came, stepped up in a big way at the end of the season, and basically he's he's the perfect Darren Sproles replacement. I love that sort of running mm-hmm. back that's small, punchy, and difficult. Yeah, and Boston Scott showed that, and and he and Miles San- Miles Sanders came on leaps and bounds in the year. I mean, almost had a thousand yes, yard yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely, when he started so slowly, he had five hundred receiving yards. 
Um, and I'd love them to re-sign Jordan Howard because Jordan Howard, I don't think, got a fair crack at it. You know, he was sharing the load a lot in Chicago and he came to Philly and ended up um, being part of this kind of three-headed backfield anyway. Uh, didn't uh, didn't start that many games this season and, and but got his touches and, and ran well in some big games like the game against uh, against Green Bay, for instance, on the Thursday night football. So I, I'd, I'd love them to try and keep hold of Jordan Howard because it'll probably be it'll probably be fairly cheap. I would have thought. What? I can't imagine it'll be he'll be really expensive. I'd hope so, but he is a running back who, in theory, at what twenty five years of age, is getting into his prime. So yeah, there is a worry yeah. that he well, might our try and back push. Prime's now more twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. That's the question. Well, and the nice thing is, he's a twenty five year old running back who mm. has been sharing the load for the most majority of his career. So actually, he's not a running back yeah, who's been ba- beaten batters, and bruised. Yeah. And so, and then yeah, if you no can have Howard, Howard Scott, and Sanders, none of them—they're all young and they're it's all relatively young, and yeah. they'll all be working in different ways. All be getting carries, all be receiving out of the backfield as well. So it it makes sense. So I like the idea of the backfield going into this next season. As long as they keep Howard, I like the quarterback Nelson Aguilar. I've I've, I've kind of vouched for him a few times when people I get annoyed with him with his stone hands. But is like it time to move on? But it is. I mean, he's a free agent. It's time to kind of see you all. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't re-sign him. I wouldn't re-sign him. I think Ortega Whiteside would probably be a better option to have him than him. Yeah, we just need... With, with Aguilar, is that video I, I haven't seen. You of, um, I haven't seen anything of Whiteside. I don't know. He barely made a catch don't really for know anything. a large part yeah. of the season. He was really slow to get going. I don't had, know anything about him. Only had 10 receptions. He was one of the better receivers coming out of last year's draft on paper. It just didn't happen, but... What I will say is that Greg Ward stepped in towards the end of the year and was really good as a young pair of hands for Wentz to throw with, and they had a great rapport straight away. We've got how good was uh, Goddard? I, doubt I was about to say Goddard's yeah, good. Yeah, Goddard's good, man. Probably got the he best tandem so of tight ends in terms of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They are one big time. And Gronk. So right. the only the only things that in terms of like negatives and worries, I, I'm not worried about the coaching staff. Fully back Doug Peterson absolutely love Jeffrey Lurie as an owner and Harry Roseman as a as a, a GM and does a brilliant yep. job and I love Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator so I'm not worried about that at all um, what I am worried about like every single Philadelphia Eagles fan is the disgraceful secondary play for the majority of the year uh, I'd keep Malcolm yeah, Jenkins God, obviously awful. but I mean there's not oh, many Lord. others that I would uh, that I would be championing to, to stick around in Philadelphia's secondary because it was an absolute disaster. Is, I think Jaylen it seemed Mills like you weren't getting. What's that? Sorry, Jaylen yeah, Mills that. is quite good. Jaylen Mills is is fine, but I don't. I don't. He's not an upper echelon defensive back in in the NFL. Uh, Ronald Darby is absolutely poor. Um, he sucks. Russell Douglas <laughs> again. He does suck. It was quite rude when I. Spoke to Ronald Darby as well, so that's yeah. I thought Craven LeBlanc towards the end of the year actually made some big plays down the stretch as well, and he he actually seemed to improve a lot. Um, so there's a couple like LeBlanc might be all right to kind of keep around for a bit, but I, I would get a rehash of that secondary, and I would find a way to get more penetration because after what we had the previous couple of years of a lot of D linemen rotating in and out, keeping people fresh and getting pressure on quarterbacks. We saw from week one against the Washington Redskins that that wasn't going to be the case. And uh, yeah. Case Keenum just was never really pressured until midway through the second half of that game. 
and that was a problem yeah, we had all year. Yeah, you made him look really good in that game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Really good. And and that was a problem we had all game. We, Vernon Davis was leapfrogging people. Our secondary, I think, in the first... <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, it was yeah. that game, wasn't it? First... That was so... How did he... Like, you could feel like, oh, I don't know. When he was in the air, it must have been like, he's going to die. <laughs> like... And then he and then he did a really good job. First five to six weeks of the season, <laughs> like, every like a rhino week, jumping or something. A, uh, a Philadelphia DB was hurdled by either a running back or a receiver, and it was embarrassing. Oh. It was genuinely embarrassing. So there needs to be a, a little reshake on the defensive line, but I'm, I don't mind yeah. the linebacking core. I, I love the likes of you know Derek Barnett, uh, Brandon Graham, etc. So I, I nailed down. Uh, those guys to new deals as quickly as possible, in my opinion. Um, Brandon Graham, you keep him even though he's getting old? Yeah, yeah, definitely keep him. He's a brilliant leader in that team as well. You can't take away great personalities. That's why I keep Malcolm Jenkins. We've not seen his best for a, a season and a half now, but what we do have is a brilliant leader for that defence, and I think I keep those two Absolutely. as charismatic men to have, much like you'd have Ryan Shazier in every team talk in the uh, Steelers locker yeah. room, Jazz, but I'd have them down on the field. Uh, helping to run the show as well for Jim Schwartz. So just, just going back to wide receiver. What's the we updates have on like? <laughs> but but like the what was so disappointing about your year from the sidelines was how good your wide receiving core could have been. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody got injured. But no, but what I'm saying is, you know, looking ahead to next year. Forget about the injuries. Can't do anything about it now. But next year, you know. Are they looking like they're going to come back, Alshon Jeffrey? Well, I, I'm skeptical now with Deshaun Jackson because having a year basically on the sideline and his only his yeah. main threat is the fact that he's really fast. So you have to just see if he's got that speed back at all at the uh, beginning of next year. If he does, have you have you got him for another deal? Is 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 it a two year deal? They've got. I him believe on it's a two year deal. I don't think he's going to be walking out the door just okay. yet. Okay, and then and Je- Jeffrey's locked down for another year at least. Then as well, yeah, we've got Alshon still next year as well. Okay. Um, which yeah. is great because I yeah. love Alshon Jeffrey when he's playing on song. He's a big target with great hands, so I'm okay with Yeah, that. I like. I really like him as well. well yeah. The last play that, that uh, went and had the interception on in the playoff game, the ball went through Alshon Jeffrey's hands. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the game against the Saints two That's years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, um, no. The, the, this this, this offseason just gone. This, this oh, first, yeah. When you played the Seahawks? Seahawks, yeah. Yeah, there's Seahawks. two yeah. two seasons that have ended through Alshon Jeffrey's hands. Yeah, um, yeah, literally but, through his hands. But I'm okay with that because you know he had that amazing grab in the Super Bowl. Three references, so uh, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll stick with it. What was the outcome in that Super Bowl? Like, I don't know. Uh, somebody beat the Patriots that day. <laughs> Remind me who it was. I can't remember, but somebody did. Well, they didn't give a 28-3 lead up. That's the most important thing. Well, we didn't have Kyle Shanahan Whoa. running the uh, running the show, so that was that was really important. <laughs> I think. <Guys. laughs> Really, t- really hell? turning on this Shanahan <laughs> quite a lot. Um, but yeah, turning so uh, in terms of the season, yeah, there there are always things that can be improved and definitely need to be improved. And defensively, we were fantastic stopping the run and got destroyed in the passing game. So that needs to be weighed up and and managed better. But second half of the season, we had a decent run game and we've got an excellent quarterback. I'll only say it now start of next season I'll be saying oh Wentz looks terrible but um, yeah so I think offensively I'm not too worried at all really about it I think they'll find a way to get the job done as we did this season it's defensively that needs to really buck yeah. the trend and, and get on with the pass game in terms of the best games and worst games of the season um, 
it's kind of hard to pick. The worst game to me is that Miami loss because the, uh, yeah. the special teams play that we gave oh. up and the manner of that defeat was just embarrassing. Um, yeah, that was embarrassing, that game, yeah. But Especially I, everyone I, thought you were going to win that game and the rest, the rest of the game is the end of the year. I was close to saying the best and worst game of the year was the home opener against the Washington Redskins because the first half they were so bad against an awful Washington team and Washington looked like they were going to trounce them. And then the second half, Philadelphia was so good with Deshaun Jackson getting yeah. you know two fifty yard tu- fifty plus yard touchdowns and uh, and stretching the field and and everything suddenly opened up for Wentz and the defense started to play and slow down the Washington Redskins. Um, but I think the best did game they come the- back from twenty down or something? Was it twenty one seven down at one point? Um, but the yeah. well uh, twenty one cool. maybe it was twenty one three if I recall. Uh, what about the Cowboys game? No, the the best game was the Green Bay Packers game. The win in the win in Lambeau on a short week on a Thursday night football. They were really good, really good, and they came up with some big defensive stops on Aaron Rodgers as well. Mm-hmm. I know the Packers aren't the Packers, but yeah, that's probably what I'd say on the Philadelphia Eagles. Really. Big thanks to Dave and Jazz once again for joining us on the Pick 6 podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Pick 6 underscore pod. That's at Pick 6 underscore pod. You can follow Dave and Jazz and myself on Twitter as well. Amazingly, the other two have got themselves finally on social media. Uh, to follow Jazz, it's at Jazz Gillum. That's at Jazz Gillum. Gillum is G-I-L-A-M. Uh, jazz is like the music, but actual jazz is very much not like jazz music uh at david bluck one at david bluck one is where you can follow dave and at o underscore j underscore wilson is where you can follow myself uk underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast is where you can find us on instagram and of course keep following the show like subscribe and all that good stuff even feel free to leave us a review on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Anchor.fm, which is our host, and all other good podcasting outlets as well. We're going to be back in a few days' time. Where we'll have a quick roundtable discussion about our favourite free agents that we're going to be following this off-season. We actually recorded that when we recorded our breakdown of our teams, but we're going to split this up and put it out as two separate podcasts for you. So another one coming in a few days' time. Enjoy. Enjoy.